For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. We are back. I am your co-host, Javon J. Love Adams, and along with me is the one and only, the often imitated but never duplicated, Ed Easy Smith, former professional baseball player and former professional Football player, the NFL, all that stuff. Played over NFL Europe and everything too, right? And the XFL. And the man, <laughs> he hate me. Anyway, his Real name travel. is his name is Ed Easy Smith. What's going on, man? Man, good to be back in the seat with you. Uh, second week in a row here. And we got a victory to talk about this time around. We do indeed. We are the show that covers the things about the Arizona Cardinals here in the Phoenix market in the in the state of Arizona. And so, typically, when we've been talking, except for the first week, we talk with which was a tie. Um, we've been talking about losses and talking about how this what this team can do to break through for their first win. And we are talking about a victory. The Cardinals went to Cincinnati. And they left with the 26-23 victory. I went with with you, Ed. And also, so it it's better to be able to make changes or make tweaks off of a victory than it is a loss. So that's definitely a positive. I want to I want to pose the question: Is there too much on Kyler Murray's shoulders as a rookie? And then all, and then there was a lot of success with the running game and being able to use uh, Edmonds. In the game, in addition to in addition to Johnson, so I want to talk about the the possible, you know, really being able to use or or deploy two running backs and what you think about that, and then look look ahead a little bit to the Falcons. We may toss one or two other things in there, but what did you see in the victory? And it's nice to say that in the victory, and I'm I'm what I picked against the the Cardinals this week on all the things that that we do, all the little pick'em shows that we do, you and I do. All that stuff on our radio show out here in Phoenix, uh, Easy Sports Talk on KDUS 1060 AM on Saturdays, 10 AM to noon, shameless plug. I picked against them. I think you picked against picked them. Against too. So what did you see in this 26-23 to 23 victory that, uh, let's look at the glass half full before we look at the glass half empty. A more balanced attack. And that means they ran the ball, actually ran the ball more than they threw it in this game. And for me, I mean, that... That shows some, and here's the thing, you know they were playing, in some of the previous games, they were playing from behind so early, fighting uphill, so they had to throw the ball a bunch of times. A lot more than we both anticipated and actually thought was good for them, but the case, you know, the the, the situation dictates your game plan or change in it from some time to time. This time around, man, they, they ran the ball, and they ran it effectively, and that's the thing that was encouraging to me. David Johnson got involved. Uh, at 91 rushing yards on 17 carries. And he had three uh, passes. You know, he caught three passes as well for 65 yards. So that was a complete game for him. And what I liked was, you know, on the road especially, you have to kind of establish that line of scrimmage, your, your, you know, get that mentality. Because when you go into the opposing stadiums, a lot of times it's us against them. And they actually proved, and now, and we'll talk about this, and you can chime in as well, obviously, 
they, it was a victory against the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was a victory that they had to, Kyler Murray had to kind of lead a, he had to lead the yeah. game-winning drive because they, in order to get that that game-winning field goal. So, yeah. At the same token, you have to win and beat who's on your schedule. And we talked about last week, oh my goodness, what would what would the word be if they had went there and lost that game? So, and, you know, it shows how inept Cincinnati is, though, not to be even able to defend your home. And they played horribly, if you ask me. The Bengals looked really bad. The Cardinals actually looked good. I would not say great or anything like that. They looked better and good. So, you know, that was encouraging. Um, you know, I, still a lot of things to work on, though. And, you know, we'll get into some of that because, you know, obviously, like, you walk away with the victory, but there were a lot of things they could improve on. And I think toward the end, they almost gave that game away uh, to a certain degree. In in some ways, and I'm going to use a, a basketball reference, so hopefully those who remember Shaquille O'Neal when he was in his dominant self, that's almost like the – when when the Lakers were dominant, that would be like going into a finals game and not passing the ball into the post and Shaq for this reason when I say that. We know that the that the Achilles heel for, at least up to this point in the season, for the Arizona Cardinals is the tight end position and being able to cover oh, the tight yeah. end. And Cincinnati didn't exploit that. Matter of fact, when we look at, say, for example, uh, C.J. Uzama, sorry, he was targeted only twice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> he was only targeted twice. And so if, if that's – you have to be able to – find the weakness and expose the weakness and and they were trying to do that I think the the Cincinnati Bengals were trying to do that on the first drive of the game where they were they continued to run the ball and they looked like they were on to something but it's almost as if they anything that could have worked they decided to go go away from that and even though Cincinnati was seeming to do everything they could to not win the Cardinals weren't necessarily excelling in such a way that they were putting this game away yeah and that's one of the things you know we both pointed out the the, the, the lack of uh, I guess success against opposing tight ends, and I thought Eifert was going to have a day. And initially, they the, the Bengals did try to go to him. I think it was a couple incompletions, even in the end zones, they were targeting him. Just didn't work out for them. But once again, what I looked at is targeted how, four times, got twelve for twelve yards. Yeah, and what I look back on is, you know, we want to say the Cardinals won this game, but oh my goodness, if you're in Cincinnati right now, uh, a team that's supposedly they haven't put up the red flag like they are rebuilding, but they looked horrible. And we actually, you know, we were fortunate to come away with that game just the way the ball bounced a couple times. And, you know, we the offensive line, I will give them credit, only one sack on the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murray was moving around as usual, but they, they kept the uh, Bengals' defense, um, at, you know, at, at arm's length. And, you know, he had a productive day. Speaking of Murray, once again, though, I'm just a little concerned they moved the ball up and down the field, have trouble in the red zone, and Tyler Murray ran one in, but again, second it was the second game in a row, no touchdown passes. The they keep going to that fade. They try to play they try to, to try to do the fade, the fade routes when they're when they're in the red zone. And it doesn't seem to be maybe they need to really focus on that in practice and maybe until they're really getting it. And maybe they're I, I have a theory. Okay, what's I your theory? I have a theory on theory? why they're struggling so much. In the red zone. Part of it is, obviously, Murray's size, you know, you can't drop him straight back. Um, and with that, with when you're in the red zone, the field is shrunk. Right. So the closer you get to the end zone, you know, you got that 10 yards to the back of the end zone. DBs don't have to worry about you going over the top. Now they can cover everything 
vertically and horizontally. So in, in saying that, with a lot of the, you can't do straight drop back because there's too many arms and, and uh, distraction in front of them, so you roll them out. Then what are you doing when you roll them out? You're cutting the field in half. Right. Down in a small area where, you know, now instead of defending 55 by 10 or 15, whatever it is, now you're 27 and a half, whatever right. it is, is my right. math was right. I don't yeah. care about it. <laughs> I got you, I got but you. you're cutting the field in half, they have less to cover and it's more congested. So, you know, it, it's it's a, it's an issue. I, I And I had, I pulled something up here real quick. Um, red zone, red zone. Look, let me look down my, through my notes. Um, they compiled over 500 yards but stalled in the red zone. Once again, they took six trips inside the 20 mm-hmm. and they scored one touchdown. Right. You can't do that's a six. Uh, I think thirty percent in terms of their red zone, in terms of red zone efficiency. Actually, six trips in, one touchdown. Yeah, you're probably talking overall. Overall, but as yeah. far as touchdowns, that's less than twenty percent. Right. Yeah, you can't. You're going to lose. It's. It's. Not, that's. I'm not. I'm not uh, telling any any trade secrets here. You're going to lose a lot more than you win if you can't. The the glass half full version of this would be at least they're getting to the red zone quite a bit, right? Yes. But the glass half empty is well. What are you doing when you get there? Yeah. And you mentioned it, if it, it to your to to your point with your theory, if they're if they're limiting their options by the rollouts and those types of things, I mean, you have to be able to punch that in. You have to m- maybe be able to what we'll maybe allude to and get talk about later with having a two running back set. Maybe that's the deal, and you just try to smash mouth it. Possibly. I got, I got one for you. Man. Okay. You know, okay. Every week I, I know you got some. I know you got some. All right. You talked about getting to the red zone, but not scoring, right? Right. Remember when we were in high school and you go to the school dance? Yes. And you spend the whole night standing up on the wall. And you know, at the end of the night, you know, you like you go home like, man, I had a bomb. So, you know, and then your boys are like, who'd you talk to? Who'd you dance with? Well, nobody. I mean, I, you know, but but the music was that. Wait a minute, dog. You know, you go to the, the to yeah, the dance yeah. to score. You know, I'm not saying get the home plate, but at least you at know, least first base, yeah. second base, a hug and a good night kiss. And what they're doing is like they're doing all that work getting down there, and at the end of the night, they got nothing to show for it. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. You can't. What can you say about it? What can, I can't. I can't even. I was that dude that stood on the wall talking <laughs> about right. that. I was well, that I dude once upon a time. I didn't even go to the dance. I was too shy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, didn't, I don't like. I don't like. Uh, I don't like the word no. And I was always afraid, even though I was like the jock. And that man, if a girl had told me no, I it broke my heart. So rather than even <laughs> put myself in that position, I just. Went to a movie and hung out by myself. You were running like in uh, Friday. He gonna cry when he get in the car. He gonna cry when he get in that car. Yeah. So <laughs> let's transition to so the Lisa. Lisa it's better to make those changes and, may, and hopefully they'll be much more receptive to maybe some of the coaching. Your maybe it lends a little bit of credibility. I would imagine because you've been in those locker rooms where the coach gets that first win. You get that first win in the season, and that maybe you maybe the things that that the philosophy the 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 process you maybe you buy in a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. I was on a 1-7, uh, 97 Falcons team to start the year out. Uh-huh. And I can't even, I'd have to go back and look at the regs when we got that first one of the season. But even, I mean, that first one, man, it's like, oh, man, it, it validates everything. Okay. It validates all the work you put into on the offseason, you know, because every season is new. You know, I had gone, this is my, I played two years with the Falcons. This is my first year. You know, I'm trying to prove myself. A lot of dudes trying to prove ourselves. Um, and, you know, every season, every start, that first one is the toughest one to get in most instances. And if it takes longer into the season to get it, it's just that much more special, you know. So yeah. I, I know I can only imagine 
the locker room after the game and the plane ride home. That's one of the best a lot of them dudes have had in a long time. And this may be a side note. I wonder, I was when I was doing some things earlier, I was working earlier, and then I was talking to, to this person I was working with, and, and she seemed to be a little bit overwhelmed in terms of a new process and trying to break through, and even those minor victories, not being able to really enjoy them, right? So I wonder if Kyler Murray is the type that will say, okay, if he's if he's the type that win, that losing will really really wear down on him to the point where maybe things aren't enjoyable. Because I think somebody who never experienced losing, that's the risk that you run. Somebody who's so ultra competitive, and, and the way in which they maybe interact. I, I heard stories and read her stories uh, on local media. Hear that Kyler is is very to himself, and that can be whatever. People tell me I'm to myself, but heck, I'm on a podcast chopping it up with the one and only Ed Smith. So there's there's only so much stock that you can put into that, but there is value into being if you're maybe if you're losing and you're not social, and in trying to really help to establish a new culture, winning culture, and your leadership within that locker room. I would imagine the one thing I've been most impressed with Murray is. He has been so even keeled all the way through this whole process. We we know the amount of pressure that's on him. Number one overall pick. You come to an organization that's been starved for some success. Uh, there's all these promises made early in the training camp, and thus far they've been, you know, non-existent to a certain degree. But picture this right here. Picture, and I'm gonna throw his name out here. Picture Baker Mayfield in this type of situation. We've already seen. Yeah, he was. A, he's a dude that you know had. You know, he was very. They had led similar paths. You know, to a certain degree. Uh, over there, you know, he gets drafted number one overall last year with the with the uh, Browns. He has been the opposite. He can't handle success. He had a little bit. And if you want to call what was it, eight, seven, and nine, or whatever it was, uh, eight, seven, eight, eight, eight and one. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. If you want to call that success? Go ahead and call it. He couldn't handle that. And what I've been impressed with Murray so far is that even with every, all the chatter, all the, you know, the Cardinals stink, the, you know, what are they going to do? I, he's been very even killed, and I like that about him. And in saying that, I think that his personality is going to help him. First off, nobody, unless you're Tom Brady, nobody's winning on that incredible clip, you know, that we see over there in New England. At the same time, he's never experienced this. But he's going through it in a mature way. Right. <clears throat> and we haven't heard a peep from him in terms of negativity or, you know, the only thing that we have heard is, oh, he's a little too quiet sometimes. But that comes with maturity and growing into the position. That's true. It's going to take him some time. I think, you know, this was a good stepping stone now. Obviously, we'll get into what the you know, the rest of the season is going to hold for them. Because once, and I, I hate to keep pulling back on this, it was a win against a Bengals team that, oh, my God. God, yeah. the only good thing is you got the Falcons coming in here who are, I mean, they are, and I told you in our neutral zone uh, show, our neutral zone show last year, I am dumb with the Falcons. Now, here's the crazy part. Yeah. Falcons coming into our home here as two or two and a half point favorites, as bad as they are, mm-hmm. coming into our home. Yeah. And they're favorite. So what does that say about the perception of the betters? And the rest of the league in terms of, yeah. you know, you know, it's very rare you go into somebody's house, one in four, the Falcons, yeah. their favorite on the road. So, so let's switch that up a little bit. Let's talk about this matchup, and then I want to talk, then that will help us to transition into a little bit more of a talk about Kyler Murray and maybe the burden that he that is on his uh, his mm-hmm. his tiny shoulders. So 
<laughs> when we're looking at the, the, the Falcons are coming in there one and four. Um, yeah, I, I've just, for the last couple of years, they have that. I mean, it's the super, super, super uh, Super Bowl hangover when, when you're talking with the, the Falcons. But one of the things when you're looking at them, they're, they're points four. They're 20.4 points a game. Okay, that's that's not great. That's uh, I think if you look at the Cardinals, the Cardinals are better in terms of points per game than that. And that and we look at them as being anemic. If I I'm think they at, rank 20 and 21st overall. In the yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. So yeah. goodness gracious. Yeah. So <laughs> when you're looking at the the Falcons in terms of the points that they're giving up right now, they're giving up 30.4 points per game. Will the Cardinals be able to take advantage of? A team that is that gives up thirty points per game because the Cardinals are giving up twenty seven point six points per game. So something has to give. This is going to be one of those ugly games where it, it'll be high scoring just because the the defenses for both for various for different reasons are just ineffective. You know, this is one of those Jekyll and Hyde games right here, and I'm almost prepping you for what might happen on Thursday when I have to make my picks. Gotcha. The the the. Atlanta Falcons have more talent or just as much talent as any good team in this league. But? But they are inept. They are, like and when I call them Jekyll and Hyde, one game they'll score 50 points, next game they'll score 10, and that's at home. They'll lose to a team they have no business losing to. Um, uh, your boy, the quarterback, um, what's his name? Um, uh what is it? Cool as ice. Uh, what is Matty it? Matty ice. Matty ice. Matty ice. He can he can go out and throw you throw for four hundred yards and five touchdowns. In the next game, he'll be ten for forty with ten yards, and and I'm talking yeah. with weapons like uh, Julio Jones, Julio Jones, Sanu, Freeman, uh, Freeman. Yep. You know, decent tight end and Hopper. So I, I'm at the point now. I have literally. No idea what Falcon team we're going to see. They come in here. They could, like I said, they could blow us out of the water or lose to us by 30. Uh, And I guess that's a good thing for the Cardinals because this is the, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that the Falcons are putting up the flag because it's way too early in the season for that. Right. But, I mean, this could be a game where if they come out here and fall down early, I mean, they could literally just lay down and put the quilt over and say, hey, we're turning off the lights and we're going to sleep. So, you know, it's all yet to be seen. Honestly, I'm just, you know, as being one of my former organizations, the one I actually went to the Super Bowl with and have the most contact with. I'm so proud of being a part of that organization. Man, they are the most just frustrating. And, you know, like I said, we're here in, in Cardinal land now, so we're rooting Cardinals all the way. Right. But like I said, in terms of the, what they're, what the Cardinals will be facing this week, I don't know if we have a clue until the final whistle blows. One of the things that when you look at, I, here's what, if I throw this out to you, I think that this might be a little bit of uh, something to watch. When We just talked about it earlier in the first part of the show, Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Thank you for listening and tuning in. The The red zone efficiency, when you're looking at the when you're looking at the Cardinals, Cardinals, again, 30% red zone efficiency. Now, when you're looking at the Falcons, even though they, they are underperforming to say the least, when you look at them, their red zone efficiency, they're 60%. So... If if the if they get into the red zone, they at least, even though they're not scoring a whole lot of points, they at least know how to, to, to finish it off or finish a drive off. Are the Cardinals going to be able to do that? You look at, I, you're typically when you're when you're coming home after a victory, 
you're you're expecting your fans to be there waiting for you with open arms, but I think this is just going to be another case of a lot of Atlanta Falcons jerseys being, uh, being oh, in the stadium as opposed to a protect the nest type of situation. Yeah, I've got friends, you know, checking on me to see if I'm going to be at the game because they all, you know, people are planning on coming in. The key to this game right here is the front of the Cardinals. Okay. If they don't get pressure on Matt Ryan, uh-huh. It is going to be one of those longest of days because you got to remember Julio Jones, Sanu. You can run down Ridley. Those guys are. I mean, they're frustrated as well offensively. They're going to come here with a mentality, looking at uh, Peterson less. Uh, and they secondary. at one point in time they were what was it the, during the broadcast they mentioned this a couple times. There were three rookies in terms of yeah. quarterbacks that were playing in the in the secondary. This could this could be a get right game for that Arizona Cardinals offense or you no know, the uh, Atlanta Falcons offense if like I said we don't get pressure up front, you let Matt Ryan sit back there and pick it apart. You get Julio Jones in space against some of these young DBs inexperienced. This could be one of those games where and and, and I'll ask you this. How fast will that good feeling of a victory in Cincinnati dissipate if we go out here and lay an egg against a one and four Atlanta Falcon team. You have to start fast, right? Because in the in the game on the road, I, I they they started behind again. Yeah. So you have to you have to get a lead and take again, I'll let you speak because you you've experienced this. Going getting that first score and really having the crowd behind you while in theory, as I'm saying this with air quotes, it shouldn't matter, but having that crowd behind you, it has to make somewhat of a difference, right? Oh, it's an absolute difference. I remember, you know, one of the biggest games I ever played, not ever, I mean, it was the biggest game I ever played when I was in uh, Atlanta and we went up to play the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC Championship game. Right off the bat, I mean, it was it was so important for us to establish ourselves and not get overwhelmed by that crowd. Because, you know, people think, well, it's just noise. No, it's adrenaline. I'm telling you, it's adrenaline. Okay. And that's the one thing I worry about. And you just mentioned it earlier with maybe a an, an overcrowding of Falcon fans that come out here. We don't have that home field advantage. And it turns into even just a 50-50 split. And, and that, like I said, that, that man, I'm telling you, that momentum. I remember being at home doing important games. For instance, the week before we went up to play Minnesota, when I was in with the Falcons, we had San Francisco coming. This is my brother, uh, Jerry Rice, uh, Steve Young, Terrell Owens. You know, th- this was, we had a chance to prove it, right? Right. And our crowd, oh my God, it was unbelievable. Never experienced anything like that on the positive side. And then the following week, I go out to Minnesota, and it was just as this is from, you know, so it really does make a, a difference. And, and with your point being said, if we don't establish and create some type of atmosphere early and you let the Falcons come in here and all of a sudden the crowd turns and there's more booze when we do bad things and more cheers when they do good things, yeah. man, it could be a, an onslaught. One of the things we, we know when it comes to that Falcons game on this Sunday is that Kyler Murray is going to be expected to do to, to really do everything. When you look at this year, and, and this this I wanted to bring this to you because the more I've heard about the stats and where he is thus far, nobody expected the Cardinals, and unless you were just ridiculous, to be 8-8 eight and eight or to challenge for a wild card spot or anything like that. I think like we that. were talking at the beginning of the season, like our, the, the over-under was 5, right? Right, okay. something along those lines. Yeah. So 
But Kyler Murray is is really doing it all. So thus far he has 1,300, 1300 yards passing. And if you look at where is that Kyler Murray, as I see here, if I can get. Okay, so uh, he has 206 yards rushing. And he, it's funny because he's second on the team in terms of in rush behind uh, David Johnson. And he's being asked to do so much. Is that, you can only ask a, a rookie to do so much before I think they hit a wall before they're really searching for somebody else to help them find their way. And there's only so much that a Larry Fitzgerald can do for as much uh, wisdom and as, as calm and as passionate as he can be. But they just don't seem to have enough enough weapons, even though Christian Kirk is doing a great job. Yeah. They, you ha- they have to really put a game plan together where you're not really relying on him to do everything. I think this last game... He did so much because of the 93 yards rushing, but if they can try to deploy or maybe use the two running back set a little bit like they did with Edmonds and, and, uh, and David Johnson, maybe that's an answer if Kingsbury is willing to say, I'll, I'll accept having more rushing yards than passing yards. Well, you know, that's a great question you ask. Once again, another great question. Uh, I try to do my best. Um, I'll, and I'll try to answer with a halfway decent response. Um, I don't think there's too much on his shoulders, and I'll, I'll break it down like this. If the expectations of the Cardinals were, this is a Super Bowl year, and this is our added piece, and you have uh, you have to take us to the promised land. This is okay. all, <clears throat> because we all know the Cardinals are, like I said, we went into the season over-under. We're even like, well, we hope they get the five or six, you know. <laughs> right. So with that being said, it's like the expectations are, Look, we just want you to show some development. We know this isn't a winning season. We got no plans on making the playoffs. We got no plans on getting to the Super Bowl. We all know that right out the gate. So, hey, just go out and do you. We want you to develop each and every week, you know, whether it's improving on this, improving on that. The game slows down for you. We start to see development from the rest of our core offense as well. Maturity of some of the young wide receivers. We get more, you know, uh, cohesive on the defensive side. So it's an overall. If, if if he came into now on a flip, now he to bring his name up again, and he's in his second year, not his first year. But your boy um, Baker Mayfield, right? He comes in last year. He does, like I said, he comes in. They win some games, uh, finishing off a one and thirty-one prior to that. So it's like, oh my god. Then they go out and add a couple pieces. And next thing you know. These dudes are picked to win the end the AFC North. Right. The, the, some people are like, "Oh my God, this Super is Bowl. the Super Bowl rep." You know, so all that pressure adds up, and the expectations. That's the difference with Murray here. Murray's like, and I'm sure Cliff Kingsbury. They he go they go into the film room each week. They look. It's like you know what, Kyle, you could have done better here. This was horrible. This was pretty good. This was great, and they they're going through it. With the mindset that, look, we're going to figure this out as we go along. Right. And everything, even though it looks like everything is on him because he doesn't have any other weapons. You know, he's got David Johnson, but we're still, and he had a decent game this week, but we're still waiting to see that boom. Like, you know, hey, we're going to put the saddle on you and ride you. We haven't seen that yet. So right now, it looks like everything is heaped on Kyler's shoulders, but in between the walls and in those meeting rooms, they're they're going through and they're nurturing him. Like, look, we're doing some some pretty good things to this point. Completion percentage, we can do this better though. We need to get more vertical. We need to figure out different ways to get you out in space. And that was one of maybe an emphasis they put into things this past week because he ran the ball really well. And there were some really 
some some great designs that got him in there some different motions uh, play actions and then boom before you knew it he was out the backside and stuff like that so those are the things they're emphasizing on i'm sure and they're going to continue to develop but as far as your question the he's 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 the the face of the franchise right but he doesn't have that pressure on him like some others do okay sounds good well let's walk out of this one with what do you expect mm. in the game of the Falcons before we head out of this uh, this show today so I what told do you, you man I told you I have no idea what's coming in here to play us but with the amount and I'll give you my equation here when I have two let's call them not so great teams right bad records we've seen how they both played so far at home on the road and you know my th- philosophy is usually I go with the home team. In this situation, because there's still incomplete grades on both sides, I don't know how bad the Falcons are. Right. We definitely don't know how good or bad the Cardinals are at this time. Right. I got my, my, my next equation. I got to go to overall talent. Matt okay. Ryan, Julio Jones, um, Sanu, Freeman, Devontae Sanu. Freeman, yeah. um, Ridley. Uh, I mean, you can run... It just seems like a game that the Falcons come in here and get right, even though they're, like I said, why are they being favored on the road with the 1-4 record? This is one of those games, man. And I know Cardinals will put up a fight. This is, for me, is like a 33-27 Falcon victory. Okay. Gosh, I want to say I think the Falcons will pull it out as well. Unfortunately, I hope... I hope that this is a game where they can really put at least some points up on the board and mm-hmm. at least maybe try to try to play ahead a little bit early and maybe see how that see how it plays out. And I was wrong last week. I hope I'm wrong again. And so I don't mind being wrong if the if the home team is winning. So on behalf of my partner Ed Smith, I am Javon Adams. We do this every week. It is the Believe in the Arizona Part- Cardinals podcast. Make sure you check us out. Follow us. All those good things. And as my man Ed likes to say, till next week. Be till next week. Be easy out there. <laughs> you can. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.